covering all aspects of Milwaukee Brewers baseball. It's time for Brewers Extra Innings, the podcast. Here is your host, Matt Pauley. And we do welcome you into another edition of Brewers Extra Innings, the podcast. We are powered by WTMJ Mobile. My name is Matt Pauley. Thanks so much for uh, spending some time with us. For me, this is kind of one of the final off-season episodes. Before we know it, pitchers and catchers are going to be reporting We are recording this on Sunday night, and so that means we're one week out from the uh, Brewers on Deck event. For me, that always kind of represents the start of the next season. You might not think that the offseason is over based off the uh, lack of activity that has taken place, but it feels like we're starting to gear up for baseball, and that absolutely is a uh, big deal. A couple disclaimers for you as we get things rolling. First off, as mentioned, we do record this on Sunday night. Now, during the uh, season... We always remind you about that because the content is based off the activity up until Sunday night. We haven't had to remind you quite as much about that uh, during the off season. However, as we'll talk about in just a few moments, some things kind of seem to be uh, percolating, for lack of a better term, or maybe that's a great term. And you know, for all I know, something's going to break during the overnight Sunday night into Monday, and there's going to be parts of this podcast that are outdated. So just remember, as you do listen to the podcast today, we're going uh, off the information that is available as of Sunday evening. Also, if you do want to take a moment to uh, give us a rating, a review over on uh, Apple Podcast, if you happen to listen to us on Apple Podcast or on iTunes, that's fantastic. Always uh, appreciate that. If you want to get in contact with me, the best way to do so is to tweet at me at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. You can also drop me an email, matt.pauley at WTMJ.com. I've got a feeling. I might be wrong. I'm wrong a lot. But I've got a feeling something's going to happen this week. And, you know, as I record this right now, it's late Sunday evening. Maybe if you had asked me six hours ago if I had that feeling about this week, it might be a little bit different. But as this evening has moved along, two things have happened. Uh, one thing was that Jerry Krasnick sent out a tweet basically saying that he was hearing the Brewers were close on something. And then there was also a tweet that was sent out uh, by you, Darvish, that basically said that the Brewers are in on him, that you know they, the Brewers one of the teams that he is uh, considering at this point in time. So stuff finally seems to be happening. Not, not substantive stuff, but stuff. And we haven't had a lot of stuff during the course of this offseason. We had a little bit, uh, you know, a little smoke uh, when the winter meetings were going on. But for the most part, there just has not been a whole lot of stuff. So we've got some things happening, uh, a couple things, you know, a couple tweets on Sunday kind of sparking interest in what might be going on with the Brewers. But I do just get that sense that maybe, just maybe uh, something is going to happen over the course of the week. It'd be great if something could happen on uh, Monday or Tuesday, maybe Wednesday at the latest, where if they acquire somebody in a trade or if they sign somebody like you, Darv- Darvish, that they could be uh, at the Brewers on Deck event that's going to be coming up on Sunday. That would be pretty darn cool. But either way, I just think that something, I don't know how big it's going to be, but I think something is going to happen coming up this week. Uh, our featured guest in our social media conversation is going to be at Tim Muma. That's going to be coming up here in just a little while. But before we go any further, let's get you up to date with this week's Headlines of the Week. It doesn't matter if it's right in the middle of the summer or winter. There's always news about the Brewers. Let's look back at the week that was with Matt's Headlines of the Week. Headlines of the Week this week. Let's start with the news of Sunday night. First off, uh, Hugh Darvish, who 
likes to have fun on Twitter. He sent out a tweet and uh, through a translation, essentially it said that the Brewers are one of six teams that uh, he has received an offer from. So the Milwaukee Brewers have officially, well, maybe not officially, but uh, reportedly, the Milwaukee Brewers have reportedly uh, given an offer to you, Darvish. And this entire offseason, we've had this assumption that the Brewers would bring in a, a fairly high-profile starting pitcher. And with all due respect to Jolie Chassin, he doesn't quite fit that category. Giovanni Gallardo does not fit that category. You Darvish, Jake Arrieta, Lance Lynn, Alex Cobb, those are the guys that kind of fit that category. So to hear that uh, they do have a offer out there to you Darvish, that is notable, and that is a big, big headline uh, this week. Uh, this, you know, this headline, it's kind of based off speculation, but Jerry Krasnick of uh, ESPN sent out a uh, tweet saying that uh, he was hearing some buzz that the Brewers were nearing a trade. Now, nearing a trade, does that mean it's an hour away or does it mean it's two weeks away? Who knows? And as we sit on Sunday night, nothing has broken through. But that's the other kind of big item that uh, happens on Sunday night. And uh, there's been a lot of talk maybe about uh, Domingo Santana being part of a trade. Obviously, uh, there's a lot of prospects that they can trade away as well if they want to get some big league help for some younger players. So either way, there are some options out there. We just have to see uh, what's going to happen. Jimmy Nelson is uh, going to uh, get his throwing program underway. He is well ahead of schedule in his uh, comeback from shoulder surgery. Originally, he was not supposed to start that throwing program until the start of spring training, but as he has been going through uh, his rehab, he is well ahead of schedule, and he's going to start throwing. Now, what that means in terms of when he's actually going to be able to be available in a major league game, that is still completely up in the air, and I don't think we're going to get any more of an indication on that before spring training gets underway, but this is really good news. Nelson's a guy who's going to go out and train very, very hard and the fact that his strength is back and now he's starting a throwing program you know if it's the case of him missing one month of the season as opposed to three months of the season that would be huge so so that's some of the best news that uh, we've heard and who knows maybe that's somewhat correlated to why the Brewers have not been as aggressive on the starting pitching market that a lot of people thought they would be. Uh, the team signs Ernesto Frieri to a minor league contract that includes a uh, major league spring training invite. Uh, after not pitching at all in 2016, he started last year with the Yankees. He was released in June. The Rangers then signed him. He was in six games. He gave up four runs on six hits and in seven innings. He was then sold by the Rangers to the Mariners for like a buck, and he was assigned to AAA at that point. He appeared in seven games at AAA Tacoma, gave up seven earned runs over 12 innings. So nothing to write home about from what he did last year. Again, he did not pitch uh, in the major leagues in 2016. This is not the same guy. That had uh, 23 saves in 2012, 37 saves in 2013. But who knows, maybe a guy who can find some old form and uh, there's absolutely no risk with bringing him in because he is on a minor league contract. And also uh, G-Man Choi signs a minor league contract with the team as well. That has not yet been uh, officially announced uh, by the Brewers, but uh, all indications are that he has signed a minor league deal. He'll probably end up at AAA Colorado Springs. There just doesn't seem to be a place for him 
on the big league roster with both Eric Thames and Jesus Aguilar there. I guess if they make a move, there have been rumors and rumblings that maybe you you trade an Aguilar to a American League team so he can uh, DH. If something like that happens, perhaps that opens up the door for Choi. But as the roster is assembled right now, he seems like a guy who is destined for uh, Colorado Springs. The Brewers have announced the uh, players or some of the players that they are going to invite to uh, Major League Spring Training this year, the non-40-man roster guys. Uh, a couple guys who had uh, big big performances in the uh, minor leagues this past year. Uh, Keston Hira, the first-round pick from last year. Uh, we're going to see what he looks like, you know, hitting against the big league guys. Everybody says that as bad as, you know, as the 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 scouting report on him in the draft last year that was that his bat was the most advanced bat of any of the prospects that were coming out in the draft. So now we get to see what he does during the course of Major League Spring Training. Uh, infielder Nate Orff, outfielder uh, Kyle Wren, both had good numbers at AAA Colorado Springs last year. And uh, pitchers Corbin Burns, Luis Ortiz, John Perrin are all invited as well. So that's the, that's the list of the non-roster guys who are going to get to come to Major League Camp. And as you're a young prospect, and this is more true about a a hero than maybe some of these other guys, but as you're a young prospect, that first time you get the opportunity to be in Major League Spring Training, that is a huge, huge deal. That's a big deal, and uh, good for those guys to be able to do that. That is uh, this week's edition of our Headlines of the Week. After every Brewers game, signing an announcement, bloggers and podcasters hit the web to give their take. Now we bring them all together. It's the Social Media Roundtable, and it starts now. Brewers Extra Innings, the podcast, is powered by WTMJ Mobile. It is time for a social media conversation, and we're very happy to be able to welcome back onto the program. You can read him over at Brew Crew Ball. You can follow him on Twitter at Tim underscore Muma. That's T-I-M underscore M-U-M-A. As you would guess off that Twitter handle, it is Tim Muma. Tim, always great to talk to you. How are you doing? Doing great, man. Always a pleasure to be on. Appreciate you having me. Interesting. Uh, we are. Uh, it's nine forty-one on Sunday night as we are talking, and obviously, it goes without saying, this has been a very quiet off season for. Uh, the Brewers, but uh, as the evening of Sunday went along, two things kind of developed. There was a tweet from Jerry Krasnick that said that he was hearing the Brewers were close on a trade, and then there was also a uh, tweet tonight from uh, Hugh Darvish that kind of put the thinking emoji, and uh, for the first time we're hearing that uh, the Brewers are really in on Darvish and have made him an offer. We're going to get to both of those, so of those two things, what's uh, what sparked your interest the most? Uh, I guess I would lean towards the trade just because, I don't know, that's something I like to the dream about, making those deals that, uh, you know, you try to win that, that deal that you get the, the the better end of it. And especially the way the Brewers would be looking at it would be potentially dealing some prospects uh, to get a proven veteran back. Uh, the Darvish thing, just it just scares me with the money. I know it's not my money and uh, it doesn't really matter, but, man, if you imagine even if his price came down, it's pretty high in the number of years if you were to actually get him. Uh, it's going to strap you a little bit, I would think, especially a, a franchise like the Brewers. So I, I'd be way more interested in the idea of a trade, obviously, depending on what it involves. I know there's some random rumor out there about Ellsbury coming to the Brewers, which I, it wouldn't make any sense to me, and then that wouldn't spark any interest at all. But um, I, I'd be curious trade-wise, just because it seemed like that would be the route that would be easiest for the Brewers, considering they have so many prospects, and even guys at the big league level that they could possibly include in a trade if they're looking to get something in particular back. 
what uh are, are you more interested in are you more interested than maybe trading a Domingo Santana to open up the door for a Lewis Brinson and a Brett Phillips to get more playing time? Or are you more, would you rather see them trade from the surplus of prospects, not so much Brinson or Phillips, but young prospects to bring in major league ready talent right now? Because those are those are two different things. It's either a trade to mm-hmm. open up the door for prospects or a trade to get a, a you know a proven big league guy. I always lean toward the proven big league guy, assuming they have some amount of control as far as years go. You know, that's why it's intriguing to think of a, a guy like Archer or Yelich or Real Muto because they all are under team control. So it's essentially like you're getting an advanced prospect and you know these guys can perform at the big league level. Um, I, I have high hopes for Brinson. I still really like him a lot, but I would definitely be willing to even deal him as part of a, a trade again, assuming you're getting that maybe near elite type uh, proven major leaguer back. Um, I do think the Brewers, you know, maybe they aren't seen so much anymore with the farm system as having a lot of the high-end talent, but they have such depth uh, that they could definitely make one or two trades with a number of their prospects and still have a really solid farm system. Um, so I would look at it more from that way. I mean, I love Domingo Santana. I was really a fan of his when they first made the deal, I thought he was a little underrated, um, even though he was obviously closest to the big leagues. He obviously has his defensive issues, and he's going to strike out, and sometimes it looks like he's lackadaisical. I think that's just his kind of relaxed, cool demeanor. But I have a hard time dealing him, even though you think maybe last year was his peak, I mean, as far as the power numbers and OPS and getting on base. Um, I just have a really hard time getting rid of a guy who, again, is under control and extremely cheap for what he's producing right now. Um, I'd rather go the route of let's get a proven guy or two and deal from that prospect surplus and and see where we go from there. I threw this out on the podcast uh, last week. And again, I don't know if this is – I'm not saying this is true. I'm just kind of throwing this out as a possibility, and I'm going to throw it at uh, folks as we continue to talk through the offseason. Do you think that you know people covering the team, people watching the team, fans, whoever it might be, did did we put – maybe too high of expectations on this team making some sort of big move this offseason where maybe the team itself, David Stearns, Matt Arnold, everybody that's insulated inside of the organization, maybe even though that the team didn't, uh, the team did kind of overachieve this past year and put themselves into contention that they don't want to kind of, you know, deviate off the original plan, whatever their timeline was for, for contending and through the rebuild. I don't know if that makes sense, but do you kind of see where I'm going? And maybe that's why, I know it's been a, a quiet offseason around baseball, but maybe that's why it's been so quiet for the Brewers is because they're not quite as willing to jump in for this upcoming season still with a long-term plan in place. I think that's certainly fair. I think, I think you hit on both sides of it, that for one, fans saw how close, really the Brewers were and, and had a couple of things broke their way. If they win a couple of those, you know, 10 inning games against the Cubs at Miller Park, maybe they, you know, they use that to, to make their way into the postseason win the division. Um, you know, everyone's looking around seeing, okay, the Cardinals seem a little down. The Pirates are obviously dealing pieces off. The Cubs don't seem like the juggernaut that they might have appeared to be a couple of years ago. So, yeah, I think fans are just chomping at the bit to want to add and be like, look, we have, some of these core pieces in place, if we just add this and that, uh, we can make that run for the next year or two. And uh, So I think some of that is fan expectations and fans just really 
wanting that uh, that run again, like they've had, you know, only a couple times in the past few decades. Um, and then the other side, like you said, I, we don't really know what Stearns and Company want to do. We don't really know how they evaluate uh, the current state of the team, some of the players. Uh, they're probably going to take a more cautioned approach still and feel like we still have time. We can still pepper in these prospects as they get ready for the big leagues. Um, and something I've mentioned a number of times, you know, that social media talking with people and uh, Kyle from Blue Crew Ball, he talks about this a lot too, is it really seems like Stearns is all about the value, um, you know, getting a, a high lower wins above replacement for a low cost. And um, I just think he really does stick to his guns as far as this is what I'm paying for this guy, and if they're not going to take that or somebody offers more, so be it. Um, so I think there is that combination of both sides of it. And, and as you said, the slow offseason across Major League Baseball, that's probably got its own uh, you know impact on, on what the Brewers are doing. Uh, but I think it also probably keeps them in play for some things like this nervous conversation and you keep hearing little things about Arietta and Cobb. Um, that probably helps keep them in the conversation with because a lot of teams don't seem very willing to take that extra step with some of these free agents. All right, let's get to uh, you, Darvish. 31 years old, will be 32 in August. You figure the minimum he would get is a four-year deal. So, you know, that takes him to his 35-36 season. You've already made reference to the money that he's going to get. It's going to be it's going to be a ton of money. We would assume minimum, you know, average value of 20 a year and probably probably more than that. I guess we'll just have to wait and see. Would you be okay with the at the at the very minimum four years, 80 million dollars for you Darvish coming from the Brewers? How do you feel about that kind of contract i mean four for 80 doesn't sound all that bad truthfully um considering what you would think a lot of these guys would get at least the top 10 guys um the the four years is going to scare me one way or the other and i go back and forth because is a guy like you darvish make your team better well yeah i think he's obviously going to improve your rotation considering what the Brewers are looking at uh, obviously at the back end right now and it's kind of up in the air uh, so it obviously makes the team better um, I would think if they make that move, they still have to look to supplement their offense somewhere. Uh, I wouldn't think that can be the only thing they do. So then, okay, are you eating up uh, a bunch of the funds over the next couple of years uh, with those moves? Uh, my guess would be they're holding off, though, as far as the money. It would have to be, I would think, at least into the $100 million range. Yeah. And, and, again, we don't know. I mean, who knows? Uh, the way this market has been, who blinks first? Are they willing to wait till spring training and that being the player or the agent or the team themselves? Because um, it's the same argument with Arietta. It's like on the one side, yeah, he's going to make you better at least in the short term. It just obviously the Brewers have experienced it with a number of veteran pitchers, where then the last year or two you just feel hamstrung by the contract and the lack of performance. And uh, you know, I don't know that Darvish or Arietta are really elite guys that I'd be willing to go the extra mile for. So um, obviously, if any team was offering five years, they probably would have taken it by now. But I think most teams are probably standing pat at that four years. So I guess if that puts the Brewers in the mix, I'd be okay with that as long as the money wasn't, you know, truly ridiculous. Yeah, and you know that's why I threw out the four years eighty because I think that is the uh, you're, you're right in the sense that that's that's going to be lower than what he's going to make. He's going to get more than that. But the fact that you even kind of blink twice at four years eighty says, you know, maybe this isn't the guy you want to be spending a ton of money. Let me let me throw this out though. If and it's so and everybody does it, it's quite simply not fair to to David Stearns and this you know administration to compare you know 
things of the past to, to this group, um, and, and I know things happened under Doug Melvin, but if not for Jeff Supon, if not for Kyle Loesch, if not for Randy Wolf, if not for, for Matt Garza, it, do, would you feel better about that long, high-money contract for a veteran pitcher if the Brewers historically had more success bringing in those kind of guys? Uh, that's a really good point. Uh, you know, obviously the results of the past skew our perception of what happens a little bit. Um, I, I think you still blink on it and you're still a little leery just because historically across baseball, and I've seen a number of things recently because, uh, of course, everyone's trying to figure out why it's such a slow off season, Is there collusion? All this stuff. And I think it's just that, especially considering you, you think the game is cleaner, so many guys just aren't seeing their peak years last. Uh, longer anymore, you know, into their mid-30s. So there's always that concern. And, you know, pitchers especially, uh, you just don't know when that arm's going to break down or, you know, the back. or There's just so much stress that they put on their bodies uh, on a consistent basis. Uh, So I do think it's it's a fair point that you bring up. It's partly because we feel we've been burned by these contracts in the past. Uh, But I do think the other side of it is just fans in general, at least ones that really are going to, pay attention and read and, and, and listen to what's going on, the way the game has changed, uh, whether it's analytically or just physically with the players, that there's less of, of a real interest in jumping into these big contracts, unless it's a unless it's a truly elite player. And I, I don't know, I don't think you can put Darvish into that category. Um, so, again, it would still give me pause, but if, if you are around that four for 80 or even, you know, I don't think you can convince them to do it, but, you know, I'd be willing to give more money if it's just for a year or two. Yeah. But there's really no, there's really no reason a pitcher would do that because you're really risking a lot of money on the back end there. But, yeah, if it was like two years for, I don't know, $35 million a year, which sounds really ridiculous, that actually sounds better to me simply because, okay, you get these two years out of them and then your payroll opens up and if you need to make more moves, you make more moves. But, there's something about the four years and, you know, having 20, 25 million on a guy that might not be performing or even pitching at that point uh, due to injury. Uh, it just still is, is really worrisome from my point of view. Put on your prediction hat here. You Darvish, oh Jake Arietta, Alex Cobb, Lance Lynn. Is one of those four pitchers pitching for the Brewers in 2018? Oh, I, I'm going to say yes. And partly because of how slow the offseason has been as a whole, uh, kind of like I said earlier, I think that keeps the Brewers in on these guys. And um, I think I think Cobb is still the most likely because the the cost is going to be lower. Um, I think they like him more than a Lance Lynn. Uh, but the factor there is everyone assumed Cobb is going to go to the Cubs because of the you know um, Madden connection and, and their uh, pitching coach connection as well. Um, but I, I, I guess I still I believe they are going to make one big signing and one big trade. So I would think the signing would have to be one of the pitchers. Um, so I, I'm going to say yes, one of those four guys, and I would lean still toward Alex Cobb. Again, we're recording this on, on Sunday night, January 21st. Does something happen in maybe the next 72 hours to give them enough time to you know get them uh, into the uh, the Brewers on deck event coming up on Sunday? <laughs> I mean, if you if you trust Jerry Krasnick, it sure sounds like they're getting close on something trade-wise. Uh, the signing, again, that's so hard to, to predict right now. I mean, I've, I've listened to so many different people and have so many different opinions, and people in the know, and it, it, it seems like just one of these bigger names needs to sign, and then, you know, the, the floodgates kind of open up. 
Um, but I, I, I think I think they will get something done in the next handful of days, and, and whether or not they get that person to the beyond deck event, who knows? But it'd be nice to be if you need to have a, a new acquisition there. But I, I'm going to lean forward, yes, that they, they'll get something done, either signing somebody or making a, a trade within the next few days that can uh, you know maybe add a little extra spark to the on deck event, which already you know the Brewers do a great job with that. It's always a lot of fun, but uh, it'd be really neat if they could find a way to get a new acquisition in there and, and show them off to the fans right away. Well, and we were kind of joking uh, on text prior to our conversation about there just being no Brewers news. And look, anybody who listens to the podcast every week, I could basically just replay the exact same podcast week after week because there has been nothing going on. But these two things that happened over the course of the last few hours, the Krasnick tweet and, and the Darvish tweet, you know, the maybe this maybe this is the the really the start of the off season now for lack of a a bad, you know with all due respect to to Jolie Chassin, maybe these are the things that start get the you know getting things rolling well yeah and i think i think people are really like i said i think they're really itching for for stuff to happen and, and you know can i just say that i look there's lots of bad about social media but twitter especially i just love that that is a a medium that people can use now because i i would think you know 20 years ago you're not hearing about this stuff until it happens and maybe some of it's a little frustrating because we're like getting little you know nibbles on, on what might be happening, but it sparks the conversation. It helps us have something to talk about, and and it gets us excited for uh, for baseball and just talking about these potential moves. So I would hope I would hope that all the you know there's smoke, there's fire, and some of the stuff starts to go down a little bit um, because yeah, <laughs> it'll help the off season go by a little quicker and. You know, with all due respect to uh, the Super Bowl and the Final Four and all that, I, I love all that as well. Uh, I want to get to baseball, and this would just help kind of stem that tide a little bit. So I, I hope you're right. I hope all this stuff means we're getting closer to actual acquisitions, actual news, and then uh, that'll lead right into spring training. And, and, again, I would think teams want to get their roster squared away by then, so it'll be a matter of if the agents blink first uh, on these free agents or if the teams decide, you know, okay, we'll pay a little – higher price to get you into our camp the team signs Ernesto Frieri to a minor league contract this week and you know if we go back to the uh you know 2010 2011 2012 somewhere in there he was obviously putting up really good numbers uh for the Angels but he doesn't pitch in 2016 last year he bounced around a little bit between the Yankees and the Rangers and and the Mariners organization in fact he was uh, sold by the Rangers to the Mariners for just one dollar and assigned to AAA Tacoma. That's always a a bad sign when your rights are being sold for for a dollar. Does the Frieri minor league signing do anything for you? Not really. I think it just goes to show what Stern's plan is with the bullpen. I mean, you have a certain amount of pieces in place and guys that I think you know you can trust in the pen. But from there, I think he's really just trying to build as much depth as possible and in a combination of. You know, maybe guys some of us haven't heard of with some veterans who have had success in the past. And, and anyone who's followed baseball, especially, you know, over the last decade or so, I mean, you just know how up and down and volatile early pitchers can be. I mean, they could be lights out in one year and then a complete dumpster fire the next year. And, and a guy could be gone for two years, three years, figure something out in his mechanics, get a little velocity back, and, and have that one bounce back year. So I think Stearns is really just looking at a way to make sure that as the season goes on, he has some, you know, potential replacements. If guys go down with injury, they're underperforming. Uh, you know, it, it doesn't hurt to, to take a look at some guys, especially if I believe he's on a minor league deal also. Yeah. Uh, so that's really, you know, really low risk in, in that way and really no risk in a lot of ways. 
Um, so I think that's really just in looking at that deal. I think it's more about building that depth and, and potential fill-ins when you do need uh, you know a guy to come up and, and maybe step in for a few weeks. And who knows? Maybe like I said, he comes back, lightning in a bottle. He uh, he's a free area old and uh, and and he's a useful piece for them out of that bullpen. Same question with G-Man Choi. He has reportedly agreed to a free uh, a minor league contract as well. I don't really I, I see less of a scenario where Choi ends up on the big league roster than uh, than Freire, especially with Eric Thames and Jesus Aguilar around. Does the signing of Choi do anything for you? I'm with you. I, I, that one makes even less sense. But I, I think we have to remember sometimes is that organizations aren't just worried about filling roster spots for the, the major league club. They have to still make sure guys can play at the at the minor league levels, and, and maybe they just feel. They'd rather have him playing at, at the AAA side so they can see other guys at AA and single A. They don't want to move guys up too soon. Or, I mean, there, there might be a bigger picture view of this. Um, I'm sure some people even had speculation of this could mean they're working on something for one of their first basemen as far as the trade goes. Um, but to your point, you already have Thames as the lefty and Aguilar as the righty. So if anything, you'd have to move Thames, which I don't see that happening in any capacity. I mean, Troy hasn't really done much to, to prove himself. So um, I'd say that, yeah, as you said, I think that has a lot more uh, or a lot less to do with anything that could be construed as a move that, you know, he's going to help in the major league level. Choi hit uh, 15 home runs in 87 games last year uh, playing AAA ball in the International League. And the International League is the Pitchers League at AAA, and the Pacific Coast League is the Hitters League. Hey, you know what? He might be a 30-home run guy at Colorado Springs. <laughs> And maybe then they use that to flip them for, uh, you know, some relief arm or something. I I think that's another thing. I think Sturz is just looking. We'll get some talent if they can perform, to your point, uh, higher than expectations. Maybe you, you get a team to, to take them off your hands and you find a valuable piece for yourself. So um, let, let's stick with that. Let's stick with he's going to mash it at, at AAA. But the Brewers know better and they'll. They'll use them to, to, to find a trade partner. All right, last thing for you before we uh, let you go. Uh, good news this week from uh, Jimmy Nelson that he is ahead of uh, schedule in terms of his comeback from the shoulder surgery as uh, he is going to uh, – he's got his throwing program. Uh, it's either about to get underway or it has just gotten underway. Either way, he's basically throwing right now. Originally, the plan was for him to not even start a throwing program till the start of spring training, and you'd be talking still – couple two three months probably after that for him to be pitching in the big leagues i don't think we're going to see him on the opening day roster for the brewers i think we're still you know a little bit off that but what does it mean to this team that maybe maybe jimmy nelson misses a month as opposed to three months it would obviously be huge if, if he comes back you know close to what he was even you know he's in his stride last season i think the big concern is whether he comes back quickly or he takes a little extra time is just whether or not his arm and shoulder and, and how everything works together when you have an injury like that, um, if he really does bounce back to his regular self and if he can be durable and be consistent, uh, I, I think that would be more the worry is if, if he's really going to be to that level. But, yeah, if, if he the sooner he can come back and even be, like I said, what, 80% of what he was last year, that would boost what the current ro- rotation is, at least assuming that some of the guys that are going to be at the back end um, you know, it's kind of kind of be hit and miss, and, and maybe some uh, uh, musical chairs back there. But um, I would love to see it. I mean, it was so unfortunate to happen, and I know everyone's calling for the DH and you know, whatever. I'm I'm not a big DH fan, but it, it stinks that he got hurt doing what he did. Um, 
So I, it would obviously be a huge boost to be like a free agent signing in a way uh, or a trade. Um, and the sooner it happened, it definitely would give him a boost. But my guess is they're going to be careful with it. Uh, they're going to they're gonna move him along slowly, even if he did already start the program. Uh, and they're just going to have to put their trust in, in the medical staff and into Nelson himself, really, and see where he's at. And um, hopefully he can he can give you that, that added starting pitcher at some point in the year. Um, and at that point, if the Brewers are, are in contention, if it's middle of the season, uh, like I said, it, it's just as good as a trade or a free agent signing at that point. He had six hits last year. I don't know how many hits he's got in his big league career, but it's not that many. I, that, that might be the only time his career has ever made that big turn at first. Yeah, I, I mean, as soon as he made that turn, too, I just had this bad feeling. Like, why are you even thinking about two, man? Take, yeah. Just stop it first. Take your base. Like, you're doing great, man. Just stay on first base. You don't need to stretch it in a double. And, and lo and behold, uh, I know. I can still just picture it, and you just you heard all of Brewer Nation just kind of deep sigh because it was like, really? Like, this is how we're going to this is how we're gonna see the demise of our rotation. And, and it obviously killed them down the stretch. So, uh, yeah, maybe the DH is good. I, I'd prefer not to see it, but if it means pitchers not getting hurt, at least my pitchers, I'll take it. No, no, we don't need the DH. We need Jimmy Nelson not taking big turns at first. <laughs> yeah, just be smart about it, please. I mean, uh, hurting yourself that way is akin to like a 50-year-old softball player hurting himself rounding first base. Uh, Tim, before we let you go, I know, uh, again, stuff's been quiet, and, and you guys over at uh, Brew Crew Ball uh, you know, work so hard during the course of the uh, regular season. This is a little bit of downtime, but as you, get, as you start to kind of gear up again for riding, what are some of those things maybe right now that are in the back of your head that you want to start hitting on? Well, for me personally, I'm, I'm kind of trying to look at the first day situation. So funny that you brought up Troy, just between Thames and Aguilar and kind of what really happened last year uh, and what it could mean going forward. I mean, I know it's not going to be a strict platoon thing, but if you look at the numbers and you break it down, uh, it's actually pretty impressive what they did. So I want to dive a little bit further into that. And then uh, I don't know how much I'll be contributing with some of this other stuff, but I know we're going to go through some top 30 prospects voting. Uh, a lot of the top prospects uh, you know, information has been coming out lately, so that's something that uh, Root Crew Ball we like to, to hit on. And then obviously as we as we just get closer, especially getting into February, just taking a look at spring training, you know, and just trying to start breaking stuff down. We obviously know a number of guys are going to be on the roster and, and whatever new acquisitions, obviously that's going to be great. But um, just take a look at that and start talking about actual positions and, and what the season, uh, you know, what we have to look forward to. So um, it's great that we're getting closer. As you said, it's been so quiet. It's been hard to write about certain things, but – uh, hopefully we'll get some news here, and then before you know, we'll, we'll be talking about those games out in Arizona. Again, you can uh, follow Tim on Twitter at Tim underscore Muma. That's M-U-M-A. And uh, read him as he does write at uh, Brew Crew Ball. Tim, it's always good to talk to you. Thanks so much for your time, and uh, we'll talk again soon. It's always a pleasure, Matt. I uh, appreciate the conversations, and keep up the great work. Like you said, I know it's tough during this off season, but I uh, always love listening to, to all the guests you have on. Tim Muma joining us on the program, and we appreciate him taking some time with us. Uh, Here's what's coming up. We finally have something to talk about coming up over the uh, course of the uh, next week. The Brewers on Deck event is going to be taking place on Sunday, as uh, that is going to be uh, at the Wisconsin Center in downtown Milwaukee. 
always a great event. Uh, so many folks are going to be there from a radio perspective, WTMJ 620 on your radio dial, uh, and also at WTMJ.com. We'll be streaming it. Uh, Greg Matzik and myself, we're going to be uh, hosting the Brewers On Deck live show. That's going to be going from noon to 2, leading into uh, Bucks basketball. So I hope you can uh, join us for that. That's going to be coming up. Uh, always one of my favorite things to do every year. A lot of players are going to uh, be there. Ryan Braun, Chase Anderson, Zach Davies, Jimmy Nelson, Corey Knable, Josh Hader, Travis Shaw, Domingo Santana, Orlando Arcia, Eric Thames, Keon Broxton, just among the names that are going to uh, be there. Uh, there's going to be Brewers alumni, as always, Robin Yount, Raleigh Fingers, Don August, uh, Augie, Jerry Augustine's going to be there, Jeff Cirillo, Cecil Cooper, uh, Jim Gatner, I can go on and on, Gorman Thomas, Paul Wagner, Damn, please, Zach, I'm not trying to leave anybody out. But you can see the entire list if you want uh, over at Brewers.com. Uh, a lot of front office folks, broadcasters are going to be around. Bob Euchre is going to be there. So just a, a great event. It's going to get started rolling at 10 o'clock in the morning and go all the way till 5 o'clock. We've got a little where we do our Brewers On Deck live show. If you've never been, we've got a stage and we've got chairs. So you can sit there and we interview a whole lot of folks. So you can watch that. And then uh, once again, this is always a cool thing for me. Brewers have invited me to be part of the uh, media panel that will be uh, taking place and uh, would love to uh, have you uh, join us for that as well. I believe that's going to be taking place at 3.15, so that should be a whole lot of fun as well. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of uh, Brewers Extra Innings, the podcast powered by WTMJ Mobile. Again, recording this on Sunday night. I just have this sense, and if, if I'm wrong, I'll talk about being wrong on the podcast next week. I've just got this sense that uh, there's going to be something that happens over the course of the next week or so. Look forward to talking to you again next week. Thank you so much for being tuned in. This has been Brewers Extra Innings, the podcast powered by WTMJ Mobile. Thanks for listening to Brewers Extra Innings, the podcast. Matt will be back next week with another episode. For all the latest Brewers news, keep listening to a home of the Brewers. News Radio 620 WTMJ.